All right, we're good. Summer McIntosh, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, you said you were down in Florida. Your, your family has a, a house down there? No. So right now we're just renting. Um, I'm in Sarasota, Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm just with my mom now. Um, and my dad and my sister are still in Toronto. Um, and my sister, I think she's heading off to Europe pretty soon for a skating competition. So, Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you have a pretty talented family all around, you and your sister. Your sister is, is some sort of superstar skater? Yeah, she's on the national team for pairs figure skating. Um, wow. I actually did figure skating a while back, but she was obviously way better than me. And she, <laughs> she's very good now, and I'm so proud of her. And the things she does are just mind-blowing. Did um, she swim? Yeah, she swam too, but she was actually better than me. And what? Yeah, it was it was weird, like <laughs> um, how I picked swimming over skating because I was I was pretty good at skating, but I just didn't like the judge aspect of it. I was just like mm. with the clock, so mm. kind of funny. So how then did you end up? I mean, I guess that's how you ended up going that way. How did she end up going the other way? Um, I don't know. I just think she's more built for something like skating. Like I'm pretty tall, like. For a skater, I don't think it would really work. She's pretty small. She's like mm-hmm. five four, I think. Well, I'm oh. like five nine. So, okay. um, and I just don't think I have like the mentality to like be thrown up in the air with like <laughs> knives on my feet. So <laughs> I don't think I can handle knives. knives on your feet. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Uh, you just had a birthday, by the way, right? You turned sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I just turned sixteen, August eighteenth. Wow! Congrats. Okay, there you go. Did you do anything special? Uh, I had a birthday party at my cottage, which has kind of been like a tradition that I've done every year. Just bring some of my swimming friends up and just hang out. Okay, cool. Well, we've got a few few people uh, in watching live right now. If if you guys have questions, uh, throw them in the chat. I'd love to get a few questions going. And uh, every now and then, my eyes will go that way. So if you see my eye, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the questions. <laughs> uh, everyone says to me, "What are you always looking at?" I'm I'm, I'm looking over here at the questions. So. <laughs> Um, well, listen, uh, you had kind of an incredible summer. Um, I guess at the, at the start of the summer, I had a conversation with your old coach, uh, Ben Titley, and, and there was, I mean, I guess a little bit of concern at that point in time. You'd, you've grown up with him. You'd had a lot of success with him. And then he moves on, goes somewhere else. And then it was like, well, what's summer going to do and how is she going to cope? And, you know, as, as a young girl who – you know, had relied on one person at that point in time. How did you manage that period of time? Um, it was definitely kind of hard, um, but the whole uh, HBCO team really kind of leaned on each other for that mm-hmm. kind of hard time. And yeah. I think that's what really helped everyone kind of get through it. And we performed really well. And of course, Ryan, the assistant coach, and now the head coach of HBCO is amazing with all the swimmers. And he's was so thoughtful and was so committed to making sure that everyone was ready for trials coming up along with um, Worlds and Commonwealth. So it was just Ryan was really, really helpful and we're also grateful for that. And we just kind of leaned on each other as teammates and that's kind of what got us through it. It was definitely hard, but I think we came out the other side and we did, we performed really well at both international meets. Yeah. You're younger, you know, 15 in high school and I got a lot going on and you know, so I guess when I was having a conversation with Ben at the time, it was like he, he didn't want to influence you absolutely in any way. Was there any thought from your end and your family's end at all to maybe follow Ben at all at that point in time? 
Um, I wasn't really thinking exactly like what I was going to do right after he left. I think I was just in a bit of shock, just like everyone else. Um, but I just think for me to go all the way to Europe would be a really big commitment for me and my yeah. family since I am so young. So, mm -hmm. um, it's been definitely kind of a thought process of what I should do, um, heading into this year. And I'm really happy with everyone surrounding me, like some Canada and all the coaches that have really collaborated really well and helped me find out my best training programs. And I'm kind of doing a hybrid approach with HBCO and um, Sarah Charter Sharks with Brent Arkey. And I I came down here last year, actually, mm. to because of COVID. It was just getting crazy in Canada. And like mm. we kept getting pulled out of the water and things like that. If you tested positive, we were like testing every day. So I came down here because of COVID and I kind of got a taste of what it's like um, at his club. And I just absolutely loved it with the training partners and Brent's an amazing coach. I love his sets and the culture that he's created here is just amazing. So to have this hybrid, it's been, it's been really good so far. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I did um, say that there's a couple of people in the audience who have questions. I may as well just throw a couple in early. So let, let's get them going here. So let's have a look at this one. This is from Bell uh, from Halifax. Are you going to be swimming the uh, Toronto World Cup event in October? Yes, I'll be swimming that. I'll okay. be just kind of back from Florida by then, I think. So, yeah, I'm excited for that because I think it's it's at the TPAS pool, which is where HBCO trains at every day. So I'm, it's a familiar pool for me. Excellent. It's You'll be so there. So you did say you had a couple of weeks off and then you've been training for a few weeks now, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, right. On, I'm starting my third week of training again. Okay. There you go. So um, just a question on that. Like what does – early season work look for you, you know, look like for you, because I mean, you, when I look at you, it's, it's nuts. Like to see the events that you swam, you swim everything from the hundred to the 1500 and then you swim all the strokes and then you swim the IM. So it's like when you're doing early season work, just up front, wh what are you trying to do early on? Um, well, Brent kind of made a plan. He kind of showed it to me. So the first week I wasn't there for half of it, but it was mm -hmm. freestyle week. And then I went into, a breaststroke week, then I went to backstroke, and now we're on fly week now. Oh. Um, and then kind of building up into doing all IMs and all freestyles. So we started off quite slow, focusing on a lot of technique, and st we still are kind of building, but slowly it's kind of progressed. But we're just focusing a lot on technique and um, a lot of the details, a lot of turns, a lot of dives, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. you know, we're starting to ramp up now, going into September, or into September now, but going to September, October. Um, so yeah, we started off pretty slow, but um i think that's the best way to do it just because it is a long season but we we ramp up pretty fast after that wow when you say a week of each stroke type thing what does that mean exactly are you uh tell, tell me what that means yeah so it doesn't mean like we're only doing fly we're only doing breaststroke or anything like okay. that just like we're that's kind of the main focus of each practice like mm -hmm. say in the warm-ups we would doing a lot of fly work like this week um right. and then the main sets we would be a lot more heavy on fly but in the weeks previously, like we wouldn't be doing any fly. So we were just adding in each stroke each time each week. So that like, say the breaststroke, we would only do breaststroke and freestyle. We wouldn't do any backstroke. And then the next week we would add backstroke in. So it'd be backstroke, breaststroke and freestyle. And then now we're adding the fly. And so it's the whole I am now. So it's just right. we're kind of slowly adding in the strokes um, opposite of how like an I am race right. would be. Yeah. Right, right, right. Well, let me. I'm going to look over here at this screen for a second. So my eyes are going this way. Let me <laughs> let me read some times out for you here. Okay, these are your best times from what the internet's telling me right now. So, 200 freestyle, 154.7. What? 
That's crazy. 400 freestyle. You break four minutes for the first time, uh, 359, huge barrier to get under. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I want to talk about the 400 free in a minute. 800 free, um, 825, is that correct? That's still your best? That's, that's from the Olympics. Okay, that was Tokyo. 1500, 615. I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I can't even relate to that. Uh, 200 fly, 205, right? Oh, man, that was a massive swim. 205, two, and then the 200 IM, 2087, and 400 IM, 429. What? I mean, how how is this possible to do all these events at this kind of speed? Um, honestly, I feel like I've always kind of been a multi-event swimmer since I was like around 12. I've just always loved doing a bunch of different events, especially the IMs, just because it is all four strokes. And mm. training-wise, I've really enjoyed it as well. And Going into the Olympic year, well, it was going to be the Olympic year, but it wasn't. Um, when I was 13, I sat down with my coach at the time, Kevin, and I talked about what was the most feasible FINA A time that I could make heading in to trials, and it was the 1500 freestyle. And that's when I started to focus on distance-free events because before I was mostly just 400 and down when it came to IMs or freestyles or flies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I really kind of went off to dis- distance events for that little while. And then going to Tokyo, I focused on the 800 as well. And then since I did so much freestyle training, I was doing zero IM training. My 400 and my 200 free got better. And I didn't even end up swimming the 1500 at trials um, just because I just, I don't think the 1500 is where I have the most potential in at all. Mm. So now like, last season and now this season the events that i'm focusing on are none of them are the freestyle distance events obviously 400 free but not like the 815 just because i think i have the most potential in 400 and under events because i think more of a middle distance swimmer um Mm. but definitely training that much distance freestyle for those uh two years really helped um kind of have my aerobic baseline and really helped me just condition myself and definitely helps me on the end of 400 IMs and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's go to another question here. I'll throw in one from uh, Darren. Says, hello, um, looking back, what's your, your favorite race and, and which competition was it? Do you have a favorite from the summer? Um, I think, honestly, I really liked the 400 free at um, Commonwealth Games and basically mm. that entire night because it was the last night and it was – Going in the morning, I did not feel good at all. Like, I felt terrible. Like, I was obviously not going all in because I knew that I didn't have to go all out to make the final, so I needed to preserve a bit of energy for the final. But even going slower, I still felt absolutely terrible. So I had, like, the longest nap. I had, like, a three-hour nap. Um, I was just getting ready for the 400 free at night, and as soon as I hit the water at night, I felt like a completely new swimmer. And it was an amazing race. It was so fun to race. Uh, Timis, obviously, it was just very cool, and I'm very grateful for that experience. And then, I don't know, just the energy from the crowd was amazing that night because it was the last night. There was extra energy, and then it was cool because I had like 10 minutes before there was like the four by one freestyle after that, and I mm. was the anchor. <laughs> um, and I had 10 minutes, so I was actually warming down in the dive tank where you can see wow. just all the. Crowd. I was literally doing backstroke, and I just saw like the hundreds mm-hmm. of people in the stands and. Mm. I don't know, just that whole thing. And then I got right back on, like, I didn't even really go into the ready room. I just got right back on the blocks and swam. Wow. And it just kind of taught me, like, I, I am able to do um, more than one event in a short period of time. And that gave me a lot of confidence heading into um, the next couple international meets. Um, since I am, like, more of a multi-event swimmer, I'm going to have to be juggling things like that. Yeah. 
Reminds me of uh, Ian Thorpe in 2000 going from the 400 free to the 4x1 relay and, and, and then winning the gold medal in Sydney. Um, do you have different suits that you race in, like for a 400 free as opposed to a, a sprint event? It might be a different suit or, or an IM event, you know, like, so is, is it, does it mess with your mind when you're not able to change suits like that? Um, I'm kind of funny about my racing suits. A lot of people like really, really tight racing suits. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I like a looser racing suit. I, I don't know what it is. I think when I have too tight of a racing suit on it, like my muscles feel compressed and it really hurts right. my traps. So mm-hmm. I don't really change the t- like the size or whatever for different races. I'm pretty easy going that way, but I do like a looser suit. Right. Um, and I actually kind of like a suit wet before I start my race. So I always wet it behind the blocks. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely the one thing that I always have to have is a looser racing suit. I like suits right. that have been worn in a couple of times. Mm. I always kind of stretch them out, see which one's the loosest. Right. Interesting. What's your go-to suit right now? I wear a Speedo Valor clothes back. Okay, nice. Are you are you sponsored by Speedo now? No, I'm sponsored by um, Funkita, which is, I think mm-hmm. it's an Australian brand. It is, um, yeah. And I wear their training suits in practice every day. I've always worn them. I just absolutely love their suits. They're so comfortable. And I'm working with them right now of developing a racing suit. Um, so that should be exciting. That's coming up. I mean, some of that's nice and cute and all, but like we're talking some real money now. Like you're one of the world's best swimmers. Like we can, we can kind of cash in here. Are you, do you have an agent? <laughs> yeah, I have an agent. His name is Michael Copeland. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of funny how we kind of, partnered up together because he actually lived two doors down from me he's like my Mm. neighbor in toronto so that's kind of how i met him and he's worked with a bunch of sporting teams before and he's very very um he just understands like athletes compared to maybe like someone that isn't an athlete they uh, he understands like you have to always put competing and training first and everything else comes second so he's been absolutely amazing getting me um, the Funkita deal and we're working on other things right now. And it's, okay. it's just been absolutely incredible. All right. I, I didn't want to mess with your, your deals. I was, I was just saying there's a lot of, I mean, you're big time now, big, big time, <laughs> right? So um, let's get back to the 400 free real quick. So you, at the, at the worlds, you, you, you race Ledecky and then at Commonwealth, you race uh, Titmus. Um, how was that experience and, and what's the difference between the two girls? They're both, uh, you know, incredible and 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 now you gotta you gotta take them on both you know singly but then yeah. in paris it's going to be kind of you get you get them both at the same time right i'd imagine and and maybe even before that i'm not sure but like paris is the big one so what's your thoughts on those two um they're both incredible swimmers obviously and incredible people as well they're super sweet um and you can just tell that they have so much passion for the sport and mm. um Going into the foreign free at Worlds, it was a little bit more unknown just because I hadn't swam on the world stage since um, Tokyo. But I was really excited because it, it was the first uh, first day and first final for me. Um, and Ledecky is like the greatest. So I know that she's a big, she's always going to know what to do. You know, she's a big name in the swimming world and she's very, very experienced as well. So I was just kind of racing to see what I could personally do and try to stay with her as long as possible and just push mm-hmm. myself and just know that I can keep up or, or try to see how close I can keep up. And overall, I was really happy with the race result. Um, and then in Commonwealth, it was very different because it was on the last day. Um, mm. And 
I, with Ledecky, I was right beside her. And then with Timmy, she was a few lanes over. So it wasn't as like close, um, right. with, like just lanes wise. Um, and so I couldn't see her as much. So I didn't really kind of feel her there. as, And I don't think I was breathing to the same side for her. Maybe I was um, for some of it. So I couldn't really see her, but I just, I could obviously feel her presence. And I was just trying to stay up, stay up, stay up as long as possible. Um, obviously she got me on the last bit, but uh, both incredible experiences and to learn how they race compared to me and to get that experience heading into the Olympics and next world championships is really important. And just to learn different kinds of racing strategies against the top two women in the world for foreign freestyle was really interesting to see. I mean, that's good that you, you give them that respect and they certainly deserve that and they've earned that. At, at what point do you start to think to yourself and, and maybe it's happened already, like I can win this race I'm good enough to beat these two. Is that has that come into your mind yet, or are you still playing with that thought? Um, I don't think I've ever really gone into a race where I like kind of expect to win, or I think I like deserve to win or should win. I think I just kind of focus on more. I know like all of the training I've put in heading mm -hmm. into it, and right. I've trained so hard for this, so I need to maximize whatever I'm able or I'm capable of doing, and whatever that is, that's whatever it is. But I don't think I've really, I don't think I ever will focus on, okay, I'm like, I, I'm ready to beat them or whatever. I'm right, just focused right. on, I'm ready to do my absolute best and hardest and smartest. So that's all I'm really focusing on more individually rather than focusing on other people. What is it then? Uh, like when, when you do come up against uh, next to them and you kind of, like you said, you look across and you see them there. Um, I mean, there's, there's some thoughts that are going on in your head at that point in time. Like uh, where, where's your head? Are you, are you focused on your technique solely or are you looking across and trying to find some extra push or what's happening with you? Um, when I'm racing, I feel like a lot of people are like swimmers are the same this way. Like nothing really goes through my head. Mm -hmm. um, I'm basically numb at that point on autopilot, just kind of doing what I would ever do in training, but obviously a lot more like faster mm -hmm. and elevated. Um, usually I'm just thinking about, my kick always trying to kick harder and keeping up my tempo in and out of the turns as well, focusing on that and just making sure that there isn't a moment where they just kind of break away and just keep going from that. And you just mm -hmm. got to keep on them and right. just stay there um, rather than just letting them slowly slip away from you. So you just got to be like mentally really, really um, focused on exactly what you're doing, but at the same time, not focusing on where you're placing your hand in the water or exactly what you should be changing your technique. I think you just got to keep going. Um, and just kind of keep chasing or if you're in the, in the lead, just keep leading and don't let people close on, in on you and see kind of where that is. But I feel like it's different. It's so different. Racing is so different when you're not leading. It's mm. obviously a lot easier to chase someone than to lead, but I also enjoy leading races as well. Um, and yeah, I've learned many different races, um, right. from worlds and commonwealths about, what's the, what's the difference between leading and chasing and what I should be changing in both. Right. Right. Interesting. I like that. I mean, you're getting incredible experience for her young woman now swimming on the world stage, Commonwealth games, all these different places, getting some really good experience young. You, you do break through this year and win your first world championship. You're a world champion, right? Like, so what, what was that like right before that moment where you kind of the build up? To the right was was the first world championship the two hundred fly or the four hundred IM two hundred fly. fly 
So two flies. So like, let's take me back to that day where the build up to possibly becoming a world champion for the first time. Is that nerve wracking for you? Um, I don't think so. I think two fly. It's just you have to accept the pain <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and realize that like you have to just stay like you just have to realize that you can push on that last 50, not give up going into it. I don't honestly I don't really remember much. I think I was just kind of numb. And just trusted my training. I don't do a lot of fly training actually, but I, I know that I have a lot of endurance from freestyle sets and stuff like that. But I just know that like I just have to keep pushing and on that last 50, just get my hand on the wall and time my finish properly. Um, and then during the race, I just remember like I wasn't going out. I wasn't out first um, at the 50. I'm not sure if it's under. I don't think I was first either. But I just kind of trusted my race plan and I know that mm. if I go out too fast then I won't have my second half. Um, Cause I, I just, the speed isn't, I'm not, I don't have super, I'm not super speedy when it comes to fly mm -hmm. more of a uh, even splitter or back halfer in fly. Um, so I trusted my race plan in that first hundred. And then the third 50 is where I really needed to hold um, my stroke and mm -hmm. made sure that's like third 50 is really where things can really change into an fly. And I held that. And then going into the third 50 turn, I just came off and I had a good breakout. And then I can kind of feel Regan and Haley kind of like on the, the sides of me. I think mm. that was, yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, just like, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and then it came down to the last 25 and I couldn't really see them anymore. So I just like, okay, just time your finish properly. Um, and then I just kind of got my hand on the wall. And that moment when I realized I won, it was like, I kind of suspected it went like the last kind of, Mm. 35 meters ish that I was going to win obviously anything can change but um it was kind of a very surreal moment for me um and I'll hold with it I'll hold it with me forever but it was, <laughs> it was so funny because the picture that they have that makes me laugh every time like all my friends and family mention it it's this like really I'm like that and it's like I have a big bun on it I took it <laughs> I didn't realize that it was going to be used for like every single thing so they had that it was like a big thing on the the board it was just me and i wasn't smiling in it because i thought it was just for accreditation photo it was i that's i started laughing it was really funny but that moment yeah it was very <laughs> surreal and then getting out of the water like i didn't even feel any pain because i think just so much adrenaline was going through right. me. that was the, the huge crowd like the world from the crowd it was incredible and it was just mm -hmm. so cool to see like like what sport brings people together and it just it was really really cool yeah well what a performance that was um such a great race to watch and like you said that last 35 where you just kind of took off and owned it and it was it was very clear that you were going to become a world champion that must feel really good to turn around and, and see it for the first time uh i could imagine never happened to me but i'm glad it happened to you but um so are you the type of person who I mean, look, you're young, right? And so it's it's hard to predict the future. But, like, are you the type of person who says, I want to go to three Olympics or four Olympics? Or are you saying, like, I just want to be the best I can right now and get to Paris and then reevaluate? What, what do you look at your career as? Um, right now I'm just trying to think about, like, little process things. And I try to focus on each individual season. Obviously I'm working up to Paris. But for now I'm just focusing on this year and what I need to improve on and little details like turns and things like that. Right. But I really haven't thought about like how many Olympics I want to possibly go to or things like that. I'm just focusing on the smaller things. Cause I think if you think too big picture, it can kind of, you kind of lose yourself in it and not realize mm. what you need to do in that moment to get better. So you can achieve those things. So I'm just trying to take it more, not day by day, but like 
slowly more smaller steps to end up at the bigger goals. Right. I love that. I love that. Um, A lot of young talent around these days. I've just had some conversations with uh, David Popovich. Um, You know, uh, there's just a lot of young, (laughs) crazy, freaky talent going on around the world. Um, What's your thoughts on, on all these young kids coming up? Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many to, names to mention that I can mention right now. Um, mm. It's really inspiring inspiring to see like people around my age or a bit younger, a bit older, achieving amazing things like world records like David. And it just shows you like it doesn't matter your age. You, if you just put in the work and you're willing to do the things, um, you can do it at the world level just like anyone else. And it's it's incredible to see and it's very, very inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. So, Summer, what's your what's your superpower? What's the thing that you rely on that that's my thing? And then what's your kryptonite? What's the thing that you got to get better at? What are you trying to improve? Um, I don't know if I have a superpower. But I you, just have a, like, you have some superpower, trust me, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say just my work ethic, like what I'm, I'm willing to do in practice every day has really the main thing that's been able to make me achieve my goals. Um, like, the training that I do in every day is just so important and you have to be willing to work hard and work the hardest and do whatever you can to maximize your potential. And then I think the thing I need to work on is more like the smaller details. Like when it comes to practice, like I'm pushing myself really hard when it comes to going up and down the pool, but when it comes to technique and Mm. turns and um, the small details like dives and things like that underwaters, we're not breathing off the wall, things like that. That's what I really need to improve on. That's where I have a lot of room in. Um, mm. And it's 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 right there. I just need to be able to mentally like apply myself and right. figure that out in training and apply that in races as well. Right, right. Speaking of skills, here's a question that may go towards the skills. Uh, do you have any interest in swimming in the NCAA? Um, so I am. I decided to go pro around this time last year. Um, so I'm not going to be going the NCAA route. Obviously, it's an amazing route for some swimmers, but I just think for me, since I, I'm not even I'm Canadian, so it's not as much of a slam dunk as if I was American. Um, but just like flexibility-wise and training-wise for long course championships, I think that it's best for me if I stick to um, being pro and I have a lot more flexibility. But that's yeah. just me personally. I think everyone's different, and it kind of depends on what you think for yourself and – Right now, I've really been liking um, the flexibility I've been having, and I love the coaches surrounding me, and it's been great so far. Well, I mean, I know you you said to me about a month ago that you were kind of contemplating on making kind of a firm decision on where you might want to be for Paris, and and you've been going back and forth between two groups. Have you now come up with, uh, you know, a firm decision of, like, this is where I'm going to be in, in the next two years? Like, have you made a decision on that? Um, for this season, I'm staying here till like October ish, um, Mm. for now. And then coming back down during the winter time, that's just for this season. Next season, obviously I'll reevaluate and see if that worked out for me. Um, and that's kind of what I'm thinking right now. I really like the hybrid approach. I kind of did it before and the transition back and forth was very seamless. Um, and to have a good balance of being at home, but still getting opportunities here to train, yeah, uh, has been really helpful. And yeah, I haven't really thought about next year too much, but I'm just trying to focus on each season individually and seeing where that takes me. How do the, the coaches deal with that? Like, you, you know, obviously, 
you want to be able to look someone in the eye at the world championships and say, I trust that person wholeheartedly. And when you've got two coaches and maybe, you know, who's going to travel with you and who's going to warm you up and who's, who's going to make those decisions. Who's that person you're going to look at and say, yeah, you, you got me here. Is that difficult when you've got two programs? Um, I don't think so. I've been kind of used to keep switching coaches um, for one reason or another the past like couple of years. I've had like three or four coaches at this point. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that I, I wholeheartedly trust both Brent and Ryan, and they've been so collaborative and helpful um, through this entire process. And they both really understand me as a swimmer and have the same outlooks on things, which is really, I really appreciate. And um, since Ryan's like going to be the head of the Canadian HBCO, he's going to be on the Canadian teams while Brent mm -hmm. isn't. Um, mm -hmm. So he'll be putting behind the blocks when it comes to like the world stage. Um, but obviously I'll be with Brent on maybe other meets as uh, well. So who knows, but um, both of them are amazing coaches and I trust yeah. them both really well. And I've spent quite a bit of time with Ryan since I joined HPCO like two years ago. So, and um, this isn't the first time I've been down here to, uh, to Sarasota. So I've known Brent for a while too. So um, as long as they, they've been collaborating really well. So we just keep that up. It's going to be great heading into any meet and I trust both of them no matter who I'm with. Do they have different styles or are they similar in their approach? And that's the kind of, that's the approach that you connect with the most. Uh, are they, are they similar or different? Um, I'd say they're pretty similar in some ways. I feel like every swim coach has their own right. kind of opinions on little things or bigger things. Um, yeah. but both trainings I really like, um, when I went the 429 and the 205 at that like random meet, that was right after I got back from Florida last time. Um, and I think Brent kind of really helped me realize like my, I am is, world like I can be on the world level in that so that's kind of when I my I am like bloomed again mm -hmm. um so yeah I think they're they're both amazing coaches I love all of the some sets both programs are absolutely incredible um the culture is amazing so it's just kind of keeping a hybrid and being able to train with different people down here has been also incredible so having um more training partners that to me kind of my same events has been incredible I'm just thinking here, what would be your ideal um, kind of race plan for Paris? Like if you could pick your events that you were going to swim, I mean, excluding the relays, because you're going to be a relay swimmer as well, there's gonna, you're going to have to add on to that. So, but like, if you could pick your events for Paris, what would they be, you think? I don't know yet, because I feel like I still haven't really, I'm still exploring new events, like maybe I'll add in the hundred free or the hundred. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Things like this. Yes, free. <laughs> Things like that. So I'm not, I, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what else I'm at Paris, but looking at the event schedule, I think there's a double of, I think 200 free and something else. Um, but yeah, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to swim in Paris yet. I haven't really got given to given it too much thought. Um, just kind of seeing where each event takes me and, where I continue to improve the most, those are the, probably the events that I'm going to pick for Paris. Do you have an event where you're most comfortable? Like when you stand behind the blocks, you're like, all right, this is, this is a no brain. This is easy for me. Like I'm, I'm so comfortable in this one. Um, I feel like every event I'm pretty comfortable with. Like It seems that way. <laughs> Sorry? 
It seems that way, yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like maybe maybe f- too free, which doesn't – I feel like most people wouldn't guess that. But I feel like too free, it's – I've been pretty consistent with, like, my race plan. It's um, probably the most – less least nerve-wracking even though they're all pretty nerve-wracking but um I think probably two free would be my pick when it comes to I think it's pretty simple for me and what I what I need to be able to do um but I still feel like I have a lot of room to improve my two free when it comes to speed like going out and along with turns and little details and things like that so but I feel like I don't get I don't really overthink any race because it's at the end of the day it's either two, four, eight laps up and down the pool. That's all you really have to do. And as long as you try your best, that's all you can really do. So I try to simplify it when I'm going into my races. How do you work on speed? I mean, obviously you've got this um, endurance and middle distance background where you feel comfortable in these middle distance races, but you do have to improve your speed to compete now at this, you know, at this top level, you got girls swimming, you know, 52 flats, you got, uh, you know, you know, Titmus there in, in the 200 doing what she's doing. So like you, you got to get a little bit of speed. So what are you doing right now to improve your speed in practice? Anything specific? Um, I don't think so. I haven't, I don't really do a lot of speed work. Um, I do just a lot of like middle distance work um, and a lot of like holding like hundreds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And sometimes I do some like fifties, um, but mostly I don't do a ton of speed work. I do a lot of like blasts like kick, pull, or swim, like off Mm -hmm. walls and things like that. But I don't – my speed's kind of progressed naturally with my endurance as well. But obviously, speed's super important in all my strokes. So as I continue to improve, I need more speed. So that's definitely a thing that I'll be focusing on heading into Paris. You said you do a lot of holding and and can hold pace really well. Do you do you have a set that you remember that sticks out in your mind? What that you do really well, or is there is there a kind of a go to set that you do regularly, maybe for a two hundred free or a four hundred free that that you you hold pace on? Yeah. So basically, like every single Wednesday morning, um, heading into like the Olympic year of twenty twenty, I would do with Ben. 3100s best average on 140 sometimes it would be different sometimes it'd be 27 100s um this was all freestyle swim or sometimes it'd be one kick one pull one swim best average um but usually it was just 31s best average freestyle swim long course on 140 and i would just try to hold as long as possible my pace and kind of i think that set really helped me have a lot of confidence and endurance when it came to the 400 free and along with the 200 free i know my back half could be really good if i just am able to hold a certain pace for that long so i did that what are you holding in a pace like that and in a set Um, like that i think my best was like minutes to 101s and then a few 59s here and there Mm -hmm. um but i did that set for like months on end and i could Mm. kind of see my progression over time like i started off this was like a very long time ago i was going probably like fours um and then i just slowly progressed and got better and better and better learning in different ways I need to be able to recover in between um, and ways I need to keep holding a time where it is, if it's Mm. uh, picking up my tempo or um, adding in more kicks. So it's just, it's, and it's a lot of mental training as well when it comes to things like that. So that's that definitely really helped me with confidence and endurance going into the two free and four free. And also like now that I'm doing the IMs, like on the the hundred free and the end of a four inch IM, like I have so much confidence going into that because I know that, if I'm able to close a 400 free, I'll be able to close a 400 I am. Right, right. Um, 
What about on a bad day? Like, you, you know, you say you have a set like that, 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 that is a progression where you, where you do it every week, right? Like what happens if you have a bad week for you where, you know, the week before you go on 59th minutes, 101s, did you ever have a, a week where you were just like 103s, 104s and it was just like irritating, you couldn't figure out why? And, and is there anything like that for you? Um, I feel like every athlete has off days, every mm-hmm. human has off days. Um, I don't think I had like bad weeks on end, but sometimes I'd have a few bad practices. I think that's very normal and it's bound to happen no matter what. And just because we do so much training. And I think on those days, it's just the way that you process them and it's the way that you learn from them is what makes you better. Um, so if I were to have a bad practice, I'd focus on why and how I can fix it. So was it my turns? Was it my mentality? Was it this? Was I too tired? Did I not sleep enough? Did I not eat enough? And then how can I fix it? What can I do heading into the next practice to kind of lift myself back up and improve for the next one? Mm. I think it's, it's it's incredible just to listen to you talk. I mean, the, the maturity again. I, again, when I spoke to to David, very similar kind of maturity at a young age. It's it's incredible that you've got this awareness of yourself at fifteen, now sixteen where you can talk to yourself like that and you can work through things like that. Was there ever a point where that was difficult for you or does that come easy to you? Um, I've kind of always been like the youngest and I'm the youngest in my family or like the youngest in my friend group. So I've been surrounded by very experienced, mature people. Mm. Um, and at HBCO, most of them are 20 and up. So I've learned a lot from them. So I just think I've always kind of tried to look at the bigger picture when it comes to bad practices and things like that and realize that one bad practice does not make or break a swimmer or athlete. So I just kind of always process things like that. And I've kind of applied that to all aspects in my life. So I think that's, I feel like I've always kind of been like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're also at the point now where across multiple events, again, I'm looking over at your times again. I'm like, I mean, you're at the point where you're really starting to think about world records in multiple events. Is that, have you allowed yourself to get there yet? Um, Growing up, when it came to, like, national records and things like that, I remember Kevin was always very adamant for me to not focus on things like that. And I really appreciated that because I feel like records are – obviously, they're meant to be broken, but you shouldn't kind of eat, sleep, breathe them. And kind of they'll come naturally as long as you keep focusing on on the process and what you can do to improve rather than focusing on a certain time that you need to try and hit or you want to achieve. So I've kind of always been – I've never really focused on records, even growing up at the smaller levels of records. Um, So I haven't really given any world records any thought. Obviously, my times are getting closer to them as I start to improve more, but they're not my main focus at all, and I don't think they ever will be. Right. Yeah, I, it was it was never my focus either. But, uh, you're you've got some right there hanging. I mean, I mean, this is a stupid question, but it, it's like if you if you could break a world record in any one of these events, would there be one that you'd want the first one to be, or are you kind of like open to whatever event comes at that point in time? I'd, I'd take it. Um. Yeah, I would take any world record. I think yeah, anyone I would, so. but they're all obviously insane times. Um, so yeah, anyone, whatever I'm destined to, if I'm ever going to break a world record, whatever that one is, I'll be happy with. I don't think I have a specific event that I specifically want to get the most or anything like that. What's the I drive think- then? Like what, I mean, you, you're doing a lot of work every day. I mean, there's a lot of work you're putting in and, you know, you get a little bit of a break, but then it's like, okay, back at it again. And so what's driving you? What gets you out of bed every morning? 
Uh, I just absolutely love the process and pushing myself every day to get better. And just my drive is just, and my goals in life, and but especially in swimming, is just to keep improving. And I think if I kind of stick to that, everything else will kind of fall into place, like mm. records or stuff or medals and things like that. So as long as I keep improving every day and I focus on what I should do in that day to make myself better. And that's kind of what gets me out of the bed in the morning and what I sort of focus on. And I think yeah. that's the easiest way for someone to uh, continue to improve is just focus on the smaller things rather than work up to the bigger goals. There we go. That's what Ken said. Process, process, process. It's uh, you're constantly focusing on the process and that, that's good. Do you know Ken? No. Okay. Well, Ken knows you. He said you're, you're process driven. So that's good. Um, keep, keep coming with questions, by the way, I'm looking down I'm, and you guys have stopped asking questions. I need some more questions in here for sure. But, um, what do you do in your downtime? What do you do on a break? Uh, I'm always up at my cottage, uh, which is in Muskoka, just sort of on a lake. Um, usually just hanging out with my friends. I'm pretty normal when I'm outside the pool. I'm just doing what every other teenager does and just chilling or going shopping or watching TV show or school and things like that. So just, I feel like every swimmer, like we're so hyper-focused when we're in the water or doing dry land and things like that. So when, when we're out of the water, we just want to chill and hang out. And I like it that way. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. We're doing what every other teenager is doing. i got twin girls that are 14. They're on TikTok all the time. How do I get them off TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I have TikTok. I'm kind of addicted to it, which is bad, oh. but I try to stay off it as much as possible, but it's definitely an addicting I think they build in addiction. That's what they want it to be. That's like a drug, you know? It's like my girls are on this damn TikTok all day. I'm like, can we get off this? I don't think they can. Like, it's like they put it down and it's like, I need TikTok again. So <laughs> i got to get them in some sports. So we'll, uh, we'll line them up. But um, here's a question. Let's put this one up. How do you manage your social life while having uh, both morning and afternoon? This is, a, this is an interesting one for, for young girls. Um, you know, like as your, your friends are – may not have the same goals and aspirations and maybe doing the same things that you're doing. So like they're out on, you know, Friday, Saturday, having fun and you're going to, you got to go to bed, you know, cause you got a big practice Saturday morning. So how do you manage that? Um, I feel like almost since I I'm uh, online school, so I don't really have, I don't have friends from school. Um, but all my friends for a very long time have all been from swimming and I've really liked it that way to be surrounded by people that get, what it's like to be an athlete, a high performance athlete, especially as a swimmer, getting up early in the mornings and having to go to bed early and recovery and things like that. They just understand it. And we're all kind of in the same boat when it comes to things like that. So socially, my social stuff is always at practice when I get to see everyone and we right. get to together and things like that. So it's been pretty easy to balance because it's kind of within itself. Like when I go to practice, I'm obviously trying to improve and get better, but along with it's my social aspect of the day. Right. Um, here's, here's a question on tips for a great 200 fly. Are there any tips for that? I feel like I'm not experienced enough to give out like tips because I'm starting really... a world champion now. Okay. By the way, um, <laughs> I don't like, I don't really like have certain race plans. Like when I talked to Ryan before the two fly, he just kind of said, just like hold pace, just, just get your hand on the wall. Right. Um, and I just think you kind of have to let your training take over in that moment and, I just think it's super important in that second 25 of the third 50 to really push and just don't dread pushing off that wall, but be excited for it and get ready for it. And 
know exactly what you're capable of doing and trust your training and things like that. So I think it's just more tuna fly is a very mental, mentally challenging race. So you, if you're able to prepare for that in the right way, I think you can, that's how you're able to achieve um, your greatest um, possible time. You say you don't do a lot of fly in practice, um, but when you do do fly, is it broken up into shorter distances? Do you, do you do anything more than say repeat fifties? Do you do repeat hundreds of fly at all? Um, like last year, I don't really know exactly what my fly training will look like this year. Maybe it'll look a bit different, but for last year, I'd say I'd mostly just do, um, fifties pace. And then the odd time I'd ask Ryan just to switch out hundred freestyles for hundred flies on our recovery practice Friday mornings. And I just do a couple hundreds fly just to kind of understand the pain and mentality when it came to that. But I don't do any like crazy fly sets i've probably done one with ben when i started to do more fly and that kind of set me up mentally for the rest of my swimming mm-hmm. career so uh, yeah i don't really go over hundreds sometimes i'll do 150s but that's kind of where I, I stop maybe once in a blue moon i'll do 200 but mostly 50s and hundreds yeah yeah there's a good question coming up here i'm gonna ask in a sec but um do you, you talk about the mental aspect of fly when when you're in a set uh, of training uh what is the mental you know are you are you just talking to yourself like do you is there kind of a self-talk going on of like push through this what's happening um i'm usually trying to figure out the pace time (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i usually just kind of try to control my breathing on the wall and obviously try to stay hydrated and things like that but i just think you kind of during the training set you want to kind of think about how you would think in a race so i just trying to think cold stroke or uh, hold like do an extra kick off this wall or mm. go to my turns and I always am checking my times and seeing if those are the times that I should be hitting and what I can do to improve those times and continue to push myself to go faster and faster so and along with just kind of keeping it simple and just racing the people beside me and especially in fly sets it's so nice to have people to push me and those things like that and to kind of bounce off of each other and work get better because of each other so mm. I think it's just fly is probably the most mentally challenging stroke i think most swimmers would say that and it's just you just have to train your brain the same way in practice that you would in a race right i like what you said there control the breathing because it can it can be kind of a panic stroke too of like i gotta breathe i need air i need air and then the interval's coming up and then you're thinking about pace and and all sorts of things and your brain's starting to race and it's like i need oxygen for for you it's like at the wall just focus on the breathing and relax right yeah, 100%. I think fly, you can kind of get caught up in it and you just kind of not feel sorry for yourself, but you're just like, <gasps> you just kind right. of start to, especially when the pace time is faster, but you just kind of have to keep your breathing as normal as possible. So, because if you do that, it'll actually make the set easier and you'll your body will react to the way you're breathing. And if you start to breathe crazily and really fast, it's going to kind of start to freak out. So you just got to stay as calm as possible. When it comes right. to it, especially in fly, yeah. There you go. There's a tip for fly. I don't like the word tip. Give me a tip. Like the, the, so it's almost like you want the the easy, you know, solution to fly. Fly ain't easy, you know. Yeah. Like it's like it's, it's work. Yeah. You got to put the work in. But the relaxation, I like that. That's a good tip. Okay. So someone had a question here. Let's have a look. Uh, what does your weekly schedule look like in dry land? Yes, I do a lot of dry land. So. Monday, Wednesday, Friday are doubles. Um, and In the pool? Yeah. And then 
Tuesdays and Thursdays are singles and Saturdays in the morning. And three times a week, this is at HBCO, I would do wait sessions, mm-hmm. um, like an hour long wait session. And then three times a week on those non-double days, I would do a med ball circuit, which is around 30 minutes before practice. And then here it's a bit different. I do two of those wait sessions that I would do back at HBCO on Monday and Friday. And then I do along with the Sharks Dryland, which is before other practices and a lot of core work and med ball as well. So the drylands here and there are kind of meshed together. And I really liked where my dryland is at right now. But I think dryland is so important for swimmers. Um, and since I've added that in, I kind of started to do a lot more dryland when I went to HPCO. And I've seen such a difference in the water. And I think it's really helped like my speed and it's really helped my catch and how strong I am. So dryland's a really important thing when it mm. comes to playing for me. Talk to me about this dryland circuit, this uh, med ball routine. Uh, what else is incorporated in it? Obviously, you're using a med ball. What, what's the weight that you're using, and what what are the exercises? And is it is it a continuous thirty minutes? Um, it kind of depends. It kind of switches up like every time we do it. Usually, ra- using around six to ten pound med ball, just mm-hmm. doing exercises like Russian twists or um, double leg lifts or are on the wall, like chest pass or right. single arm yeah. chest pass or side throws, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a bunch of core and arm um, things like that. Right. Not really focusing on the legs. That's more in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And then for weights, it's more like back squats, weighted back squats or cleans or RDLs or hip thrusts or bench pull or um, just like things like that. So it's more uh, heavier weights rather than, the med ball is more focused on just core and mm. kind of faster reps. What kind? What kind of um, reps are you doing in the in the weight room? Um, we kind of do like four sets of, say, for back squat, we would do back squat and um, kettlebell swing, mm, kettlebell swings um, as a set. I think, <laughs> and it kind of depends on where we are in training. Sometimes we'll do only four back squats times four with six kettlebell swings or we'll do uh like six back squats or eight back squats times four it's usually sets of four and there's like four sets of four main exercises Mm -hmm. so yeah it kind of depends where we we're at and depends on how much weight we're supposed to be doing so it it's kind of changes almost every week and heading into big meets obviously we kind of taper that off along with our swimming and it becomes a lot more speed and power and lighter weights and slowly just kind of branching off from the max weights efforts yeah have you noticed you've started to get stronger or even maybe noticed that you've started to put on muscle and is that are you afraid of putting on muscle in terms of the events that you do and maybe i'm not saying get bulky that's that's not what i'm thinking you you don't you do too much work in the pool to allow yourself to get bulky but like certainly you know you're going to start to build muscle right and it's going to start to feel a little different Mm -hmm. does it worry you at all or have you have you noticed it yet um, I've definitely felt a lot more connected and stronger in the water since I've started weights like around two years ago is when I kind of mm. started to really focus on it. But I just don't think like I'm never going to get to the point where I'm overly bulky just because of the events I do. I just don't think it's what I need. And the weights that I do are not like mind blowingly crazy. Like I'm not mm-hmm. I don't have super heavy weights compared to more sprinter sprinters in our group mm-hmm. and things like that. So I'm a lot more focused on reps and technique rather than 
like really, really heavy weights. And I think that's, it's, I've, I've found a good balance between the two because obviously you need to have a lot of muscle to perform at your best, but you don't want to have too much for depending on your event. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about the IM. I've, I've never really been an IM coach myself. I've had assistants that have been really good at coaching the IM and, and working it. Um, but, but for you, what is that for you? Like there's different theories in IM. You know, some people train IM completely, like they'll do 200s of IM. And then other people break it down into the strokes of like, well, we're going to train 200 backstroke and 200 breaststroke to get IM better. What, what is it for you? Um, I think... I'm still kind of figuring that out. Last year, I still did a lot of freestyle training individually, but I balanced that with a lot of um, IM sets, and I think they kind of bounced off each other and really helped each other to improve in both events, like the 400 free and 400 IM. But when it comes to training, I think I do a lot of IM training together, but in, say, in a set that day, if it was an IM set, I would be focusing on I do more of one stroke. So if like mm. I needed to work on mostly I need to work on my breaststroke, I'd be really put a, I do more swimming of breaststroke rather than more fly or backstroke or freestyle. So it's more like I'd swim, I swim all the four strokes together, but then each day would be kind of different on what stroke I'd be focusing on for that. Right. So breaststrokes, your weakness, I guess, in your IM, if we can call it that. And, and you're a taller, lankier, leaner type athlete. Do you have, a prototypical breaststroker that you look at to say, uh, you know, that's kind of my body type and that's the way I would swim it. And so maybe, you know, I can, I can kind of mimic what they're doing. Do you, do you look at other breaststrokers like that? Um, not really. Cause I feel like everyone is going to be so different on what works for them. Obviously I, the uh, Brent and Ryan have given me a lot of tips on what I can do to improve my breaststroke and my breaststroke has my techniques changed quite a bit. Um, but it's just finding what works for you because breaststroke is probably the most complicated technique-wise mm. um, out of the four strokes. So I'm still learning and I'm still trying to um, get my technique proper. But yeah, I just think it's breaststroke is probably in the four giant is the most uh, mentally tough part of it. And that's also a part of my training. But being able to have my goal in for the four giant and two giant is being able to have a good labor breaststroke rather than just having a good hundred breaststroke or whatever. It's just being able to have a labor, good labor breaststroke and being able to hold technique and mentally being able to keep up my stroke rate and things like that is what I always try to um, make in training. Yeah. You broke through this massive barrier of 430 this year. I mean, it seems to be a, a barrier, right? And you got under it, which was extraordinary. What What's your race plan in your 4IM like how do you set it up so that you can finish it the way you want to finish it but also be be strong in the parts where you want to be strong and and hold where you need to hold like so talk me through your 400 race strategy yeah so I think last year I was kind of figuring out what worked for me because mm. I swam compared to Commonwealth and Worlds the, I swam the races very differently um I think the 100 fly, I just have to be able to – I have a lot of confidence in that because I can send the 200 fly, so I know that if I push the 100 fly just enough, it won't overhurt me going into the next 300. So just focusing on not over-swimming it and just keeping my stroke rate and keeping my um, just easy speed going into that 100. And then the backstroke and the breaststroke is where I'm really trying to focusing on going into this season and holding my backstroke but not mm -hmm. over-pushing it. 
Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't hurt my breaststroke too much. Just like at Worlds, I overswum the backstroke, so it overhurt my breaststroke. Mm -hmm. Other than at Commonwealth, I didn't overswim the backstroke, so I was able to have a better breaststroke split. So, and then obviously the freestyle, I just do whatever I can. <laughs> but just finish. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, I, I appreciate you letting us get into your brain a little bit. Um, you know, that last question I, I regretted asking there after I asked it in terms of like your race strategy, because I'm like, you know what? She's she's young. She's the best in the world. We don't need to know. Like you can you can show us later. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to see it. Um, I think the the impressive thing that I've learned here is that obviously um, you're you're super um, confident in your abilities and, and you work for what you want. And um, you're, you're very mature and, and I like that. And there's a, a huge potential in terms of future for you and, and what we're going to be able to see as, as fans of swimming and to be able to watch you. Um, super excited about it. Thanks for letting us in today in terms of uh, the way you, so you think. Much. Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And um, I think you've, earned, you've gained a lot of fans around the world. If they weren't already, uh, they certainly will be after this. So appreciate your time and energy and uh Good luck with the the next part of the season. So, the what's the immediate goal? Is are you going to World Short Course? I haven't really decided what I'm going to do yet, just because I've been away from home for so long because of with the two main championship meets last year, and it was just a lot of traveling for me. So, I haven't I haven't really made my decision yet. But yeah, we'll okay, all right. Well, good luck. Well, you, you're back at work. You're back training back at it and, and it's exciting for us so good luck with everything summer appreciate this okay thank you so much all right take care bye bye